0: Welcome to Pixel Pizza.
1: Did she say pizza?
0: Your ultimate source for chiptunes, video game talk, and pepperoni. Delivered to you from Los Angeles and into the digital cyberspace of the 2020s. Pizza Power! I want a large, thick crust with double cheese, ham, pepperoni. Hey, where's my pizza? Pizza time. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pixel Pizza. We are here on February 22nd, though this will be going up February 23rd, making this the first episode of our second month on the air, on the podcast airwaves. We have reached our month anniversary, and I am loving the way this is going. I feel we are going strong, and I cannot wait for the future of the show, continuing to build up new ways to grow the show we're on twitter now at pixel pizza pod we're on instagram at pixel pizza show we're doing some ad work we're getting some more guests it is a very exciting time to be a pixel pizza listener and creator <laughs> that's me dj jet Set, aka jared so this week we are doing something a little different and i'm very excited about it Because, you know, every week we talk to someone who has a different role in the industry. And this week we are talking to someone who does what I do. Or what I am trying to do, which is voice acting. And I really want to do voice acting for video games. I'm starting to get some auditions rolling in. But anyway, she is someone much more experienced than myself. And I think we'll have a really cool discussion kind of talking shop about voiceover and her name is alana marie and she's really cool and i'm excited to speak with her so we are going to go into our first track of the day before that which is from the artist kel chip and this is their track sand hippies so we'll play the track and we'll see you after the break for our interview enjoy Welcome back to Pixel Pizza. You just listened to our first song of the day, which was Sand Hippies by Kel Chip, And now we are starting with the interview portion of our show. I'm very excited to be talking with this guest. You may have heard her in games like Observer and Trials of Mana. And her name is Alana Marie Chevron. So hi, Alana. Hello, Jared. How are you? I'm doing great today, thanks. It's, it's very windy here, but s- staying warm with the jacket, but yeah.
1: Good, yeah, same here. Santa Ana's pickup in LA, and then you're like, oh my God, help, what is happening?
0: <laughs> exactly. So now what
1: area uh, are you in?
0: I am in Burbank.
1: Oh, okay. I'm close by Valley Village, but oh, Burbank awesome. yeah. is my jam. I go to Burbank all the freaking time. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Magnolia Boulevard,
0: right? Oh, for sure. I was just there yesterday. I was at uh, Simply Coffee.
1: Oh, yeah. That's where all the VO people hang out. What? <laughs> oh yeah. It's
0: that like, is good to know. That is awesome. great.
1: Like a secret club.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. I just stumbled on it, but I have to go there more often. See who I can connect with.
1: Yeah, definitely a good connections hub. Not going to name any names. Yeah, but sure, you, sure. Sure.
0: you know who you are. Yeah, they're wise at all. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I like to start out my. Show with asking guests a question. And that question is When did you know that games were something you wanted to work on?
1: Hmm. I think since I was a little kid, I used to play all the Donkey Kong games, all the Mario games. Um, There was something that I loved so much about it being interactive and making your own choices. But from an actor standpoint, or from somebody who was so fascinated with the voice and characters and adventure and storytelling, from that point of view, it was very exciting to just hear the, the variety of voices, I guess. Um, and like, I was always a very quiet child. So um You know, I was very observant and I loved just, you know, pinpointing like, oh, like if I, you know, if I made my voice that low and raspy or what what kind of character would that be and playing around. And um, so I felt like even though also there's that visual part of it, like I love the colors, I love different worlds i think that that escapism was really um tantalizing for me um as a child who you know i was very quiet i didn't have a lot of friends i was just very in myself a lot so i felt like video games had that special portal for me to explore not just myself but of these other worlds and characters. Uh, facing adversity, Um, a whole plethora of subjects. Um, So I think that's, that's why I wanted to get into games. Um, Yeah, I, I'm like, all the childhood memories are coming up for me right now.
0: (laughs) Totally. I I know exactly what you mean. I feel like there are so many games I played growing up that kind of made me want to better myself, you know, like facing adversity and overcoming challenges in a game, just give you more courage to be more in real life. That's how
1: I felt. It's so interesting. And that, you know, it's so funny. Like, um, I mean, this has been kind of a constant theme in my life, but like, I've always had this like pull between the masculine and the feminine And I always feel like there's a lot of different video games, though, you know, I feel like before it was very male centric Mm -hmm. and now it's kind of getting more into, you know, the female badassery like we didn't have a lot of badass females, you know, pre, you know, the 90s. You know, I think that even in games like, um, oh, my God, what was it? not mortal combat it was like that was like a lot of dudes um <laughs> but then there were there was like the dead or alive video games I don't know if you've ever played dead or alive on I, I remember that was like my number one xbox game like kicking ass and then all the badass females um yeah like I felt like there was that great marriage of masculine and feminine with all those different games. Um, and I think it's getting better now, especially. Um, oh my God, there was a game that just came out and, oh man, what was it called? Oh God. Horizon. It, the Horizon yeah. game yeah. that just came out. Yeah, oh my goodness. Like,
0: i so excited to play that.
1: I want to play that so bad. It looks so amazing. but I'm such a I actually like I now how I live I'm kind of a cottage witch if you don't mind the term um I like grow some of my own food and I like kind of live this kind of witchy lifestyle I try not to um you know spend a lot of time with screens but I have a lot of friends that do have their game consoles. So I'll, it, it makes it a much more special experience when you go play with friends or like if I'm, you know, maybe house sitting for somebody and they have a game console, I'll play then. And I'll be like, oh my God, what games do they have? <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, nowadays, it, it, I feel like it's a much more special um, thing to do for me at least I know it's a kind of an everyday thing for people with um you know they love the they love getting into that world every evening or something, but for me, I feel like it has to be like you know two to three hours while snacking and you know hydrating and like diving into the world and having that
0: experience and yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely very special. And everyone has their own way of really getting into it, which is super cool.
1: Do you have any favorite games?
0: Uh, I love, and I guess this is a good topic for voiceover, the Metal Gear Solid games. Oh. Those were like the first I can think of where like, you know, characters and voice acting were this really big, significant thing. You had like David Hayter and Cam Clark, a lot of badass women in that too. Lori Allen, who I studied under for a while. Mm. And yeah, it's really cool storytelling, a lot of espionage, political thriller stuff. Oh, um, I love um, that. All the Final Fantasy games I'm a big fan of.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love the marriage between like the classic Disney, but then having that warrior sort of element to it and, you know, treasure and um, I don't know, just seeing like a different version of all those characters that you know, you know, I think that's, or not like a different version, but just like an extension of them, like in different situations Um, I haven't fully played it, but I know some people who worked on it, and
0: it is so gorgeous. Yeah, so tell me, I guess, about, like, your journey once you started working in the industry. What was that like and some of the projects?
1: So, let's see. I had a very interesting kind of stumble into it, but it really did come from having a, th- a theater background. Um, I used to act in a lot of little plays when I was younger, but then I had a huge gap in between where I studied Taekwondo for 10 years right. and I got my black belt. I competed a lot. Um, it was a very like, uh, I mean, I worked so hard, in that arena for a while but there was always this little piece of like there was like this little artist fairy that was following me around in my head like I would get it was weird I would get inspired by like the people around me and how they were as humans rather than like the actual sport itself I mean I love taekwondo I'm you know now I'm more of a a pole dancer now, that's my my sport of choice. Um, so I've always been in touch with my body and like loving artistry through dance. So Taekwondo didn't offer me a lot of that artistry. It did give me a sense of sort of courage and um, you know, I always felt like I had this sort of, you know, that badass touch of like, I can do this crazy thing. I can do anything. Um, but I, again, I was looking for something deeper and like more psychological, I guess, like with, um, doing theater and acting. So I did that for a while in college and, um, among other things, like I did stage management. I was all over the place. I was jumping in between stage management gigs and babysitting gigs and um whatever little you know uh plays that paid (laughs) out here it's it's you know a whole thing but so um then you know I had a lot of people telling me you know you have a very distinct voice and if acting is a passion like voice acting is definitely a big route for some someone like you and so I I always had little pings of this of voice acting because even when I was little or in my teen years people people some people were mean and they would make fun of my voice they would like you know like oh Alana she's so so cute like you just you know um if I said something and I had a very sing-songy way of saying it somebody would mimic me um and i you know it hurt but then at the same time i'm like well you're just jealous because (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know uh, because it's that whole thing i don't know who it was but i got really inspired by somebody like uh oh richard horovitz like his crazy voice like he's got that very distinct quality about his voice where people are taken aback you know And I think that that is a big strength because that's, you know, what gets your attention with cartoons and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, back to my journey. Um, (laughs) So I started getting more into the classes and I started with Bill Holmes, who is, to me, he is the most laid back, chill, but also very hard on your ass, Voiceover teacher. Um, and he has a studio out here in North Hollywood, um, Compost, Pro- Compost Productions. And um, it's become kind of a big production house now, too. Very, multimedia, um, lots of voiceover classes. Um, so I started with him, and it was nice to be able to play more and have that support. Um, So, you know, being somebody who was very quiet when I was little and quite under a chokehold, frankly, just with how I was raised and my, um, my Taekwondo journey, um, it was so nice to be able to let this floodgate out of characters and voices and the different things I could do with my voice and singing and, um, It was him and then um, two mentors of mine that are there or were there, Dana Powers and George Ackles. They are amazing coaches. Um, I don't believe that they coach coach anymore, but um, whenever the opportunity arises, do something with them because they're incredible, incredibly full of depth teachers. Um, So anyway, that was my roster of people that I worked with and then in uh within these classes there would be some opportunities for auditions so I auditioned for Trials of Mana well that was a lot that came after this journey where I that I went on where I was in a traveling um dance videography company and we traveled around the country and one of my first uh voice acting gigs i actually got while i was with them and it was for the shopkins uh happy places web series and it was a big deal only because shopkins was such a huge toy brand at the time and kind of still is and um i got like 10 characters and I was recording all of these in hotel closets (laughs) while I was on the road so that was like I don't know it was this thing of I have this day job but I need to work on my dream too and so it was like you know while all my coworkers were like oh we're done for the day we're gonna go drink at the bar downstairs in this swanky hotel um I was going back up to the hotel room like 10.30 p.m. at night until like 1 a.m. doing auditions or doing gigs and I was tired and it was a lot, but that's some, you know, you have to do crazy things to support yourself, but then also work towards your dreams and sacrifice, you know, a Jack and and Coke at the bar, you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) How do you, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) How, How do you energize yourself in those like late night auditions when you're worn out?
1: Oh my God. Well, I mean, I don't want everybody to do this, but like, you know, coffee. Coffee's not always the best thing for your body, but it helped me in the moments. That I needed it. But also, I mean, in a bigger way, it was the fact that I was opening a portal to my imagination that I had when I was a child that I like barely got to tap into. So I think that on a really deep level for me, it felt like, oh my God, I get to let my child come out to play. And that was a spark of energy for me. And I think that, um, you know, and the other thing too was like just management of energy. So when I was filming a lot, I would really try to like just, I meditated a lot actually. That was when I started meditating. Um, And that's been a helpful tool for me for however many years is just taking the quiet moments, or, you know, trying not to exert yourself in any way that you don't have to, like, you don't have to go, go get in an argument with somebody, you don't have to, you know, run, run over and try to like, go, you know, continue your work somewhere, and like, um, exert yourself too hard, so I just, you know, kept, very light on my feet and just nourished myself as best as I could when you're traveling drink lots of water um and then you know coffee helps too but it wasn't like you know three cups a day (laughs) just like one in the morning and I'm good to go um but yeah meditation is definitely like that strange conscious time of rest that um you know where cortisol is like is consciously being uh deactivated in a way in your body i don't know if you know that but when you're sleeping you can't control that so when you're meditating i don't know who it was but some doctor who studied meditation he said that your cortisol levels go down like three or four, not points. I mean, I'm just going to call them points, but when you're meditating, that happens, but when you're sleeping, you can't control that. Mm -hmm. So that was part of my whole, that my repertoire of rest, uh, as, as I'll call it (laughs) or self-care, I guess. Um, yeah. So that was kind of how I got through the day, but it mainly was just that big dream. Just having that, like, you know, being able to say hello to my child again. And I have to be here. I have to be there for her. So, yeah, that was how I kept up my energy.
0: That's great. Yeah, I I didn't get to say it, but I did Taekwondo a lot as a kid. So I, I definitely can relate there. Uh, I, my master, I remember, used to tell me, indomitable spirit that was the key to everything and that's definitely something I've taken even though I just did it like after school probably not as serious as you but
1: yeah um that's amazing I didn't know that oh man yeah it's and it's definitely been a test of um discipline like I feel like I took away a lot of um the principles of discipline with taekwondo and that's really helped. And just knowing you have, you know, you have that fierceness. Because, I mean, I feel like you and me have this very childlike energy. But mm-hmm. but there, there are these recesses in us that we keep our warrior, you know? And I think that's important. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. And that's what I feel like, too, with a, a plethora of, of voice actors, too. I feel like a lot of them have sort of this like zane not zany a lot of them are zany but like this childlike energy to them or this facade but when you get down to it it's like we can open these portals of like absolute power and um like release that warrior spirit you know
0: I like that I agree (laughs) Uh, so I mean I guess maybe this gets into this ties into it maybe even answers the question already but something that's like very specific to game voiceover is you know a lot of the fighting and combat efforts and for me maybe sometimes something I struggle with is like differentiating the noises so when you're like you know like casting the same spell multiple times or like about to like use a sword in a game or something. How do you make it sound different every every <laughs> for all the combat efforts?
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's you have to almost just imagine like just every single little detail. It's like how heavy is this sword? What is it made out of? How much does it actually pain you to lift the sword? Um, you know, depending on, like, how much you've conditioned and how much you've conditioned your body to fight that way. Like, are you strong enough to do that? Um, and also just, like, having in your imagination just, like, the textures of everything. Um, I don't know, like, during Trials of Mana, for instance, it's, like, I thought, like, okay, well, you know, let's put the voice on first. And then what am I going over? Like, what am I hopping over? And then how high is it? And I'm in my flouncy clown suit. And I, it's a little difficult to do that. So how much effort would that take? And (laughs) coming down, you feel like you're in a parachute. So it's just having that, that, like that uh knowledge of just okay like what are you wearing like having every little thing sort of in your head and then i mean it's like in layers like you you're layering on each little detail of who you are and then you're kind of able to come up with those different sounds um if it's like you're casting a different spell each time how much power an effort does it take? Because each spell is going to be different. So it's just having that sort of, um, you know, underlying knowledge of everything. And um, I don't know, like, you do have to kind of overthink it in a way. But that's what helps you build the world as well. So that's kind of my answer to that. But yeah.
0: Awesome! Yeah, that I, I know that's really helpful for me. That really I, I can totally see where you're coming from.
1: Yeah, like or like, what mom? What do these monsters even look like? And how freaked out are you too? Like every little, all these little things of of the feelings, you know.
0: <laughs> Everybody's working from home, or has had to adapt to that. But for voiceover were you recording it all from home before the pandemic? Or was that something that you had to adapt to?
1: It was quite easy for me, actually. I mean, I, you know, what's so funny is, like, the thing that was difficult for me, it was not being around people to work on the craft. That was really hard. Like, and I, I mean, I'm such a people person. Like, I do love my alone time, but when you're stripping away the all the little things that make us human, like you know, when I go to a voiceover class and I'm surrounded by all these different people, and I get their sense and I get their essence, I you know, the timbre of their voice, um, their hugs. It's like, that's, that was really difficult not to have while I was still trying to, um, you know, adapt to doing voiceover at home. But before the pandemic, I recorded from home a lot and I built my little home studio because I was basically doing the whole pay to play thing and, um, gaining all these different clients and doing like a lot of sort of boring voiceover work as I'll, I'll just call it like, you know, whatever medical, uh, documents and, um, (laughs) like, you know, like, uh, technology commercials where you have to like look up the words that you don't know and, you know. Try to do your best with just being in the moment with your reads. Um, so, in a way, I, I had my whole voiceover set up. So, I had it and I was doing it, but at the same time, I was still going to the voiceover studio and taking the classes. And, um, you know, they had this program at Bill's studio where we could go and get coaching. And I liked being in there coached by people more than I liked being at home trying to coach myself. Because I think too, you learn more about yourself when you're around people. Um, because when you're by yourself, there, there is power. I, I will say there is power in, um, you know, living by yourself or... Um, spending alone time with yourself, as I do, or as I I live by myself right now. And, you know, that's been the gift of just understanding yourself better in your home life, and also just, you know, uh, going the deep recesses of your brain, basically. And I think that's great that the pandemic allowed us to do that in a way and figure out ourselves. But For me, it was just, I just missed being around people. I mean, as we all did, but it was, you know, that was harder to adapt to than having to, oh, you know, build my home studio and have it running and working. Cause I had already had that because of previous jobs but also I do consider myself a multi-hyphenate multimedia person. I love graphic design. I love editing, video editing. I would edit videos for different people. Um, so I had the, that set up happening and I was able to like edit things myself and edit voiceover jobs myself and master them. And, um, so it was good to have that computer knowledge before, um, everybody had to stay home.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh. So I, I noticed, I think I read an interview you did, and you did mention uh, you did a bunch of video editing. And I was wondering if that's something where like that visual element helps you in your acting, like understanding like the like the flow and the composition and stuff.
1: Oh, definitely. Yes. I think, yeah, I've always been a visual person. It's like I I literally I can't learn anything unless I see it it's really weird like I am not good at listening I'm not listening listening but like auditory instructions it's real and I think that because I'm distracted with the person like (laughs) I I don't know I'm kind of one of those people I fall in love with everyone I meet in a way and I I get kind of distracted by like oh my gosh the teacher and like their like how they walk and how they are and i wonder what you know like who who is who is their family oh my like all the questions about them as a person but then when i'm like in the moment with something i have to see it to grasp it i can't listen to it it's really weird so yes the visuals do help and i will say you know Going into video games with acting, that has to get turned up to a hundred, like your visual um brain, basically, so that you can see everything and then you're able to react. Um, so the little tidbit with acting in video games is that you're gonna go in and a lot of times they will not have the visuals for you. In fact, I will tell you, I did not know what Charlotte looked like wow. when we were doing Trials of Mana. I didn't, I mean, I saw like a little like smidged little tiny picture of her, but that was from the 1995 video game where everything was very pixelated and the little squares, the little boxes that made the character. So I I didn't know what she was gonna look like, but when they told me, and then I can imagine, and, you know, <clears throat> came, came up with her voice, but also injected many elements of my journey as me. And, you know, I was little, I was one of the smallest people in my class growing up. I actually, I had, um, I had Bell's palsy for five months in school and I had to wear an eye patch and that was so hard being little and like made fun of and I dressed like I um dressed very uh like tomboyish um so I just didn't fit in so much so I put in a lot of those emotions into her um but the visual thing it's like I had to just be in, you have to be in the moment with who your character is and just really try to imagine that world. And then when you're in that moment and you're not thinking so much of like, oh, how do I say something? It's why am I saying this? And then it becomes more real in your acting. So you know, so much of it is thinking and thinking up the character or thinking about the elements of the character, but then letting it go in the moment when you have the voice secured and the character, more importantly, the character secured. Mm. Um, so, you know, like when you are in like a dangerous part of the game and you're oh my god there are you know there are rocks coming down from the ceiling and and how that affects your breath and oh my god like i'm my head i'm my you know you start getting into that mode in your body and your energy starts changing um so it's like you just have to sort of implant all these little visual aids so that you know where you're at and then therefore you can add to the experience of the player and and the world of the game yeah <laughs> it's like you kind of have to like trick yourself into I don't know like it, it, I always say the booth is like a mini mental not not mini mental institution that's not what I want to say it sounds awful <laughs> but that's kind of what I call it like you are becoming a different person and you see things, but your body's reacting to them like they're real, but they're not real. And it's, yeah, it's, it's. you feel crazy afterwards. You're like, what did I, what did I just do? Okay, and now I have to go home and be a person when I was just, a, you know, a something, like a crazy character.
0: Yeah, this afternoon I was doing an audition for like a giant gorilla. (laughs) And then an hour later I'm like, oh, I have to be in podcast interview mode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's so wild. And 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 feeling the like the residual energy after an audition or after a job, that always feels so weird to me.
0: All right, so we have to take a small break uh, to do our musical interlude for the episode. Stay right there. We are going into our second song from Kel Chip, and this is called Model Buses. So listen up, and we will see you after the break. You just listened to Model Buses by Kelchip and we are back here with Alana. We're having a great conversation about voiceover. And the next question I want to chat with you about is you know, when you're in the booth, how do you direct yourself? How do you learn to like, pick apart your performances, not criticizing too hard, but finding that balance of figuring out where you can improve?
1: Mm, that's a great question. And that, I mean, that's definitely something we all kind of had to figure out with pandemic and not so much being at the behest of our coaches or, you know, whoever we can go to for help. Um, oh man. What I do without being too tough on myself and what i've learned to do is just having my um my method it's just like the most basic method and every voice actor learns this who are you talking to what are you talking about and where are you and just implanting those feelings and those sensations that you get like if you're talking to your mom about your cat or like oh my cat did something funny yesterday and it sounds very real and like you're in the kitchen you're just in the kitchen at the bar stools and you're getting that feeling and um and then you just do the read and you pick up on all the little nuances i usually do like i'll do maybe 3 reads if it's a commercial and i will pick my different people and i think that the more that I have been able to just relax more it's been a better read because when you sound too anxious or like you're thinking too much about how it should sound that's what it's going to sound like so I just try to chillax and you think you have to also think oh why did this client choose me because they listen to my commercial demo and they like my essence so there's a reason I got the job in the first place but when you are doing your reads and you're you know into it and um listening back and everything you just kind of gravitate towards what feels the most real and the most comfy with commercial reads um so yeah it's like you do have to get over that hump of like not beating yourself up because that's also why you send like 3 to 5 recordings of the same script to a client because then they they can pick apart what they think sounds good but again it's like you just have to sort of be in that chill place of like well there's a reason the client chose me and you know i'm going to do my best and here it is um like I'll give you an example. Like I did this recording that was it was recording in Italy, but I was recording from here. So it was like 6 p.m. over there in Milan. And then it was 8 a.m. over here or 9 a.m. over here in California. And like I I think I did like five or six reads for them. And they would they were like, oh yeah, like, no, this is great. Or like they would pick apart something and like have a reference for something. Um, but then when I had to choose the recordings to send, I just went with what felt the most real and the most connected to the script. And it was about like the love of movies and the love of um, sharing things. And so I just chose the, like, four the four takes that sounded the most heartfelt to me. Um, so it's like, you just have to go with what's honest. I think it's like, a lot of things come down to honesty with listening back to how you sound. Um, sorry, that wasn't the most direct answer with being by yourself. But I apply that principle to when you're coaching yourself, like just being in the moment with your chosen person or people that you're talking to. Mostly just one person. Don't don't be talking to a crowd. That's a different (laughs) thing. That's like, ladies and gentlemen, do to do to. Oh, you know, and you your mind goes to, um, the read just comes out to be too too much, like too circus uh conductory to uh you know yeah two showmen and you don't always want to be that <laughs> i mean so many video games now it's very much geared towards those quiet moments where the actor's like what do i do or like but wait a minute why he said this you know, like, there's just very, like, contemplation, that's been kind of that key word with a lot of, um, you know, how production is now, or at least, um, especially animation, too. I mean, they want real voices. They want, like, the those imperfect, you know, this is who I am uh, performances.
0: Right. I've genuinely considered getting a mannequin head for my closet studio as something to like look at and make sure I'm speaking to one person.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I always try to think of. Oh man, I always pick my best friend Leanna as someone I talk to, and she's also a voice actor. Oh, cool, um, but she's my best friend, and I always feel like we can talk to each other about anything and that usually makes a difference and it's so funny like one time we were we were talking about different jobs that we had gotten one week and she was talking to me like I was her chosen person for this one job that she was talking or you know that she was a recording for and then I was talking to her for this commercial that I booked (laughs) So it was really symbiotic and sweet and um, yeah, like it's when you get personable, at least with, especially with different commercial reads, you, you do sound more honest and in the moment, um, you know, again, is that, that whole method, but also like, you know, when it, when there is like heavy acting involved, just having those visual cues um and you know it's like editing does the trick too sometimes if like the director wants something specific um but that's sort of how what I've
0: discovered at least
1: um but yeah
0: (laughs) sounds like honesty is definitely the underlying theme
1: yeah and even with you know, different animate, animated jobs too. If it just depends what you get, but there's always an element of honesty. And I mean, that's like the, you know, one of the little pillars of the human condition is just, you know, honesty and what we're, um, how we connect.
0: For sure. Is there a dream project you have, Uh character or a series that you would really want to be involved with
1: oh man it's so funny I I don't right now I feel like I used to I used to get very in my head about like oh my God, like if I want to be the next whomever, what roles do I need? Oh, I, ha- I can't choose these kinds of roles because they'll make me look like this and I don't want to look like that. Um, I feel like, like if I could choose a, g- a dream project right now, I mean, I did get very inspired by um, when I played Resident Evil Village. Oh, yeah that was meaty and ugh, gargantuously amazing and i i loved every little bit of playing that game and the all the different all the different voices all the different characters the grotesque and the and the ugh, i just i love anything that i love horror mm-hmm. oh i'll just say that i love horror and I think that it's because it's that thing of life that a lot of people are just so scared of. And I like diving into the fear. And so I feel like, you know, I'd want to be part of things where I feel like there is an honest, um, beating heart to it in the sense that like I can connect to it on a visceral level. Um, and it can be flouncy and superfluous. Like, you know, like I would love to do something like with my little pony or, um, oh my God. I mean, Pokemon, I I used to be obsessed with Pokemon. And, um, uh, I mean, when I did Shopkins, that was, I mean, that was already like a dream come true for me. I just wanted to do dolls. I wanted to be these little girls. I wanted to have fun and like you know, let myself like bake in the kitchen and, and dance among the flowers and, and be cutesy. Cause I didn't get to be cutesy when I was younger. And it's, it's fun to put that energy into the booth. So it's like, I mean, honestly, you know, now that I think about it, you may, you're really making me go through the wheels, the windmills of my mind right now, but Catwoman will always be number 1 for me. But <laughs> but I want her to have a quirkier side to her, kind of like Harley Quinn. I mean, Harley Quinn was my dream for a while when I was younger, but I've since let it go. Like I've auditioned for her numerous times in different mediums, didn't get her, but that's fine. It's just you know, I I love the cat like persona of Catwoman, and I always loved um, Eartha Kitt's uh, portrayal of her in the old in the Adam West TV show. Um, oh, like there's just something so that she's very sassy and luxurious, and like I don't know, she just had her own like. Been on it and she did have a very distinct voice um it's like I want to play characters like that that I feel like bring out something in me that I connect with I mean like Charlotte she I will always feel like she is my number one because she I didn't know you know i didn't know her true character i didn't know about this game until i was cast i didn't know like her essence and then when i dove in it was like this character is me Mm -hmm. it's me on some level it's me when i was six years old it's me now it's it's like i just i mean and it sounds a little self-centered when just the way it sounds like, oh, I want to play characters like me. But I feel like that's why a lot of actors get cast in certain roles. It's because they themselves have an essence that you can't put your finger on that connects to some character on some deep level. So it's like you're able to be a chameleon in a way, but when you try too hard, that people sense that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, I, I've let go of the idea that I need to play some role in my lifetime. Because you also have to give room to people that are creating now. And they're creating original characters. And they'll need someone like you. They'll need someone like me. They'll need different people. And they won't have like a clear cookie cutter idea of like say the joker or somebody like they'll have a whole different uh brand of evil um yeah i don't i have very deep thoughts about like just <laughs> expanding with yeah characters and life and yeah
0: <laughs> that's great yeah so i guess it's like you don't want to Put uh, a round peg in a square hole, as they say. You don't want to be something you're not. If a character is already attuned to you, then that—that's the fit, right?
1: Yeah, and sometimes it's like it's like a relationship. It's like if you're not a fit, something's not going to click. Something's mm-hmm. not going to work. So then, to a wider audience something's gonna feel like there's a hole in it and then they're gonna feel that empty void. Um, But I mean, and it's not to say that you can't expand your repertoire because you can always do that at least vocally but there's always gonna be sort of this heartbeat that goes along with why somebody is cast as something. I remember someone telling me that they, and this was an actor friend. He said something like, oh, you know, I wasn't cast and they told me why. It was because I was too perfect for the role. And I was trying, I was trying to decipher what that meant, Mm -hmm. but you really never know what a producer or a casting director or a director is thinking because they too have their own vision. So it's just up to you as the actor to bring all of your colors to the table. And I mean, and then they always say when you're auditioning, that's your job is to audition. Your Your job job is not always to have the role. It's to spread yourself out to different people or to different um uh territories of your art and see where you fit it's like casting a net um so you know it's like and that's also where it comes in where you can't be too hard on yourself you can't beat yourself up because you didn't get the part it's like I mean I I remember maybe like two three years ago probably three or four three years ago, when I fully got into that mode of, I'm going to audition and let it go, just audition and let it go. Who cares? And when I forgot about something, it came back to me. And, you know, uh, Charlotte was definitely that. Um, uh, And then when I did Observer System Redux, that was it. That was what that was. It was like, I mean, cause I play one of a very, you know, uh, suggestive role in that video game. And I, I was, I just took what I knew in my own life with, um, <laughs> SEX and put it in there. I just, I just gave a performance in my booth with my experiences of all that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to let it go. Goodbye um and then i just move on to the next thing and then i check my email like you know however late much later and i got the role yeah. and same with charlotte like a week later i get this email and i had already forgotten about it um so in a way it's like you just have to you're you know you have your toolbox of paints and you've collected them over you know as long as you've been living all your experiences and you just put it out there for somebody and move on Uh, because again you know they're looking for somebody specific and you will not always be that but give yourself credit for actually trying because that's we're doing one of the most brave things that anyone can do um being vulnerable Being vulnerable is so scary for some people.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Even some performers are afraid to be vulnerable. And so you just got to give yourself credit for actually doing it. And then, you know, if you don't, if it doesn't like, quote unquote, work out for somebody who's trying to make it in voiceover and video games, it still leads you to the places that you're meant to go. So it's like, in that essence, your journey is the destination. Like there's never like a clear cut ending point, you know? Right. But yeah, that was my hour and a half talk about philosophy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's really, really exciting. I think, yeah, obviously- one of the things I do hear on the show is try and have people from all sorts of disciplines of games because there's so much, you know, there's so many different talents and aspects that go into this medium that's unlike any other in that regard. And so it's so cool and interesting to hear how people approach their thing that they do, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, again, it's, it's so funny, like, you know, with Trials of Mana and how I didn't know, I didn't know about this game. I didn't know how big it was in Japan. I just approached the character with the theatrical background that I had, but also, you know, pinpointing the essence, the essence of me and the struggles I've had to endure. And I just put it in there. And, you know, you make a little mishmash of all these character elements and, you know, you and then you get it and then you get to just dive deeper with characters. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the fun of it. But it's, you know, you you learn about you learn so much about yourself, too, especially with taking direction. Um, and sometimes that can be, it, it's difficult for some people and then it isn't for others. And it's just being able to like, have that improv training too. That's very important. Oh, like, like improv. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I actually, you know, that was the, one of the last things that I did before pandemic happened was like
0: my last improv class that I took. <laughs> so that was that was what got me to get into voiceover. Was, was I improv? Uh, sort of, kind of. So yeah, I had been doing improv with the UCB for a couple of years. And then the pandemic happened. And, you know, I couldn't do it. I didn't have that in-person element anymore. So I mm-hmm. thought of what ways I could perform without having to be physically with a group of people and that's when I sort of stumbled my way into voiceover.
1: Wow, that's amazing, and it makes a lot of sense, too. Like, I've known a couple people who've had that kind of same journey, and it really does strengthen your character repertoire, too. It's like, you know, I don't know. it, It just expands who you are, but it's, it's just so fun to collect these little tidbits with life, you know, and then put them in a soup and play. Like we always forget as adults, like how important it is to play, you know, we're, we're so bogged down by capitalism. Sometimes we forget (laughs) to that part of our job is to allow ourselves to play.
0: For sure. So I do as much as I'm enjoying this deep conversation. I do have to keep it to like an hour or so, whatever. It's, it's my show. But anyway, (laughs) uh, I do have to ask my final question, which actually this, this one, I have a little more stake in because you're the first person I've had on the show who is from the LA area. So this, this answer is going to be something I need to know is what's Mm. your favorite pizza place?
1: oh that is so tough my favorite (laughs) pizza place oh lord okay you're gonna have to give me a moment all right (laughs) i okay i love pizza man only because they will make a vegan cheese extravaganza pizza and you can choose your toppings i put on everything i love i love um artichoke hearts i love i sometimes will i'll put cilantro on my pizza i sometimes i will put buffalo sauce on my pizza if i could make like a vegan buffalo chicken cheese extravaganza i would Um, but yeah, I'm kind of a, I'm a strict vegan. I will have cheese once in a while, but that is my pizza of choice. <laughs> it's a vegan pizza from Pizza Man.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> it's pretty good. North Hollywood, it is close by. Oh, um, no. Ralph's, Ralph's parking lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is your favorite pizza?
0: Oh, uh, I mean... No, I'm from New York originally, so my favorite pizza is back home, this place called Frank Pepe's. But as far as here in LA, what have I found so far? Uh, Dino's in Burbank. Do you know that one?
1: Yeah. That one. I heard they're good. Yeah. There's this place called um, Prime Pizza, and yeah. I think they just opened. Yeah, have I you know been that. there?
0: Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't like my favorite, but yeah, I'm still, I'm still discovering. That's why I was excited to ask you because I'm still trying to figure out like what's the best pizza place or what's the pizza place that I want to order from regularly.
1: Well, and then you like the New York by the slice style, right? Yeah. Because there is a place nearby. um, I'm going to look it up. Pizza by the Slice in Valley Village. Mm. And, oh, it's called Joe Peeps New York Pizza.
0: Oh, I don't know that one.
1: So if you're feeling like you want back home New York pizza, that's where I suggest to go. Joe Peeps.
0: Joe Peeps. All right.
1: Mm-hmm. And it actually, yeah, if you venture down to Valley Village, it's actually, it's a quiet quaint um family oriented piece of Los Angeles that has a distinct charm to it. Mm. So I think you'd enjoy.
0: Yeah, I'd love to. That's that's rare in the big city. So
1: yeah, lots of space. Lots of people walking their dogs.
0: <laughs> Great, then i fit right in. Uh yeah, so thank you so much for joining me, Alana. Uh just sort of wrapping up uh where where can people find you and find more about what you're doing?
1: Um, I have my website alana.mariechevron.com that just has all of my voiceover tidbits and just who I am. And then Instagram is uh, at Miss Alana Marie A L A N A M um, A R I E and uh, Twitter. i don't really go on my twitter that much sadly i don't like all the you know the yeah. the warring that goes on on twitter I know. i'll just post a nice thing and i'll leave um but instagram's probably my number one place
0: awesome all right well thanks so much and we will see you listeners next week we are leaving off with our final track from Kel Chip, and that is called Home, a little more of a relaxing one to flow out to. So enjoy that. And this ends Pixel Pizza, episode six. <laughs>